Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. I am here with our friend Corey Hanks, uh, to talk about the spoilers for the Halo Infinite campaign. Uh, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll know we've had Corey Hanks on before. He's an awesome dude, a uh, friend, and uh, uh, he's been on been around for a while in the community, so we're just glad to have him back here. Hi, how you doing today, Corey? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Sad that Joshy Josh can't be here, obviously, but <laughs> pleased that I can step he's in, listening. fill the role as guest co-host. Yeah, he's listening right now, and he's thinking, oh, man, I wish I was there. I, I know it. He's probably stocking shelves at work right now listening to this. I hope um, so. But yeah. I hope he's getting loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're just going to – well, before before we get into it, because basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about all the spoiler-heavy stuff from Halo Infinite and just kind of how, how we feel about it and what we think – what the future might hold for, for this game. Uh, before that, I just want to know, um, Corey, what's your – What's your pregame ritual look like when a new Halo comes out? Like, what do you do to get yourself in the mood for right before you're up to play that campaign? Do you have anything you do? I'll tell you, um, I would have had a very different answer to this question before it launched at 1 p.m. my time. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Normally, (laughs) I would, you know, at midnight, I'd be ready with either coffee or a five-hour energy or some whatever the branded energy drink is for that particular game have some snacks ready and then play till dawn ish, something like that. Yep. But this, this time it was very, very different. I ended up not taking that day off work. Uh, I started the download on time and then it was ready with like 30 minutes before I was done. So I had some dinner and then sat down to play and it was different. (laughs) Very different. Such an adult way to experience a new game launch. Very much so. Yeah. Very different. Um, but, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think more people got to play it at the same time than otherwise would have been possible. Yeah. And that's the way things are going forward, then just got to adjust. Well, time, times are changing for media all around. Absolutely. That's another way that it's happening. So, yeah, I think I think most people are kind of in the same boat with the pregame ritual stuff. you got to have your snacks. you got to have your drinks. You know, there's something cool about gaming through the night because, um, you know, especially when you get older – like you're not used to staying up all night long, but then when you have a game that just brings you in so much and it, and it, uh, you're so attached to it and you're so excited to unveil the mystery, it's easy to stay up from that excitement. Absolutely, it's easy to go two, three, four o'clock, and it's just cool to have the sun rise, you know, knowing you got there 
and it wasn't even hard, you know, because if I told you, I'm like, hey, Corey, why don't you just try to stay up till 6 a.m. tonight? What it's am gonna I going to do a that mad for? Struggle for you. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a mad struggle. But if I was like, hey, here's a brand new Halo campaign, ooh, suddenly it becomes a lot easier. Absolutely. Uh, so, very cool. Um, okay, so let's just jump right into it. So, you finished the game, uh, Corey. What are your immediate thoughts? I mean, you can take us anywhere. We don't have to have structure. <laughs> what are you thinking? Well, um, <clears throat> throughout the game, I was... I was getting a little bit tired of some certain story elements by the end of okay. it. A lot of, a lot of rings had come full circle, so to speak, heavy metaphor, pun intended and all that. Yeah. Um, by the time it was over, I felt like it was the best campaign since two in the series. And oh, wow. okay. having, I played it on heroic first and it's always a good sign when you, finish a game and you immediately start it over again on a different difficulty. Yeah. So <clears throat> I start, I started it on legendary and then got about halfway through or so and started it over again on easy to do a speed run. My first speed run was about three yeah. hours and eight minutes. And so right. then I went back, did legendary by the time I finished it on legendary, I've since finished lasso, but my thoughts haven't really changed th since then. I think it's the best halo game since combat evolved. Wow. Okay. So, wow. That's I didn't even know that. Corey. That's like really high praise. So, so you're like, cause your favorite Halo's Combat yes. Evolved. So then, so then all of these years pass by. Twenty years later, you get the next campaign that comes. It's the closest it's come to Combat Evolved. It in a, in a lot of ways, it gives me what I wanted. Adolescent me, not understanding video game dev world, what I wanted from Halo Two, and a lot of those. Yeah. Um, Thoughts and wishes at the time were born from uh, the Bungie forums, the videos that Bungie put out talking about, you know, we want levels 10 times the size of Halo 1. And yeah. so your mind gets going and you've got this picture of what a video game is going to be like. And for me, it's kind of always been the same since then. There's kind of been like a, a bucket list or a checklist, if you will, of elements that I want in there. And this is the closest that it's come. Yeah. Yeah, something you said that is like really indicative of quality is you said like whenever you finish whenever you finish a game and then as soon as it's done you just want to start it yeah. back over again. You know, not to beat a dead horse, but every single Halo game I played, the second I finished it, I went right back into a replay and sometimes replayed it four or five times. I didn't do that with no, Halo Five. Same. I've done it with every single one and except it for five. Yeah. Exactly, and it wasn't like a me like putting my foot down trying to cause a fit kind of thing. It was I beat the game, and I thought I just don't want. I didn't enjoy that experience <laughs> the same way I have other games, and I just I didn't want to play it again. And I, I remember trying to. I remember trying to play it, and I got into the game, and I got downed, and I you know because they had you could get mm -hmm. down in Halo Five, and I was calling for help, and my AI teammates are running over and couldn't get me, and I just kept wiping, and I was just like. Man, I don't even. I'm not even having yeah. fun. I don't. I wasn't excited the about is the dry. story. So just, but then when Halo Infinite came out, I beat it. Second, I beat it. All right, let's start it over again. And I'm on my third playthrough now. It sounds like you beat it like four I'm, times. I've beat it. Um, I had to delete a save to go back and do it again. So five, uh, five. Wow. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is it, they definitely tap into what made the earlier Halo game. And even, because, I mean, I don't, I think you're saying the same thing here. Like, even Halo 4 did that. Like, I wanted to replay Halo 4 mm -hmm. when it came out. You know, so they've tapped into what Bungie had with the 
the replayability of their campaigns and even what they had themselves a little bit with Halo 4. It definitely it definitely feels like they've uh, they struck all the right balances here with this game because no mm-hmm. game's perfect and there's no way they're going to land everything the way you want it and make a perfect game. But, I mean, I will say ultimately because I do have some probably more pessimistic things to and say. I'll, you'll hear my criticism. Ultimately, well. I am very... Great. No, I'm great. I'm glad that it's not just me uh, alone on that. Um, but, uh, I mean, o- overall, this was a huge, I think this game was a huge win, yes, right? Like absolutely. It a, it's, it's a great, it's a great game with a great story and campaign. It's a ton of fun. The gameplay is amazing. I'm not disappointed. It doesn't sound like you're disappointed. You said it's the best since combat evolved. Um, I mean, I set my expectations properly and it, it exceeded my expectations as a game. You know, it was, it's, it's really it's really good, and I feel like it's what Halo needed. But there's always that big but, and I guess that's kind of where I'll. And we haven't even gotten to like the actual like, yeah. story. So far, we're yet, almost spoiler free. I think. I, yeah, kind of, pretty much. Um, but uh, like for me, it's weird, and and I, I I recognize that this is a problem with me more than three four three. But I had this investment in this this heavy investment in the lore and the story of, of me Halo. too. All the way through four, all the way through four, it, it didn't break at all. Like I remember, even like like Josh, for instance, he didn't like four. He was kind of out with four, and I was like, "No, dude, four is amazing. Like they got all these plans. The next game is going to be sick. I love it." And then five just completely killed my enthusiasm for the series. And I know something similar yeah. for you. We've talked about this. It just killed it dead in the water. Like I went from. The biggest, because there's a lot of people who hated Halo 4, so I went from like the biggest Halo 4 apologist ever. And then I played Halo 5's campaign, and I'm just like, okay, that was bad, that was bad, that was bad, that was bad. I just kept listing things. I'm like, man, it's bad in so many ways. I don't think it can be recovered. I think I hate this game. I was so pissed. And I, and it just, it completely just threw me off. And for at least, I've said this before on the podcast, for a couple years, at least two years, I was kind of just like not even thinking Same. about Halo, like not playing it. Not thinking about it, just moving on, you know. And uh, it was mostly like like we've said before too. It was mostly nostalgia for the older games that brought me back in. But then also Halo Infinite was looking promising. Um, but the thing I've noticed, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with just naive naivety and, and maturity. But even with Infinite doing such a great job and honestly doing all I could ever expect it to do and more, I haven't. I'm not back where I was before five. I'm not there. I still feel like, and this sounds uh, really uh, dramatic, but I still feel like yeah. the, like that well, wounded. There's a scar five, there, you, you know. know what the, I mean? the the there's oil in the yeah. water, so to speak. It's never going to be as clean cut yeah. as before because there's a pie chart, and let's see how many first person shooter games, not including Halo Wars, but of the seven, eight, or yeah, eight now. So. One eighth, that's twelve and a half percent, is it's not just bad, it's like awful. You know, that's one slice of the pizza is covered yeah. in anchovies. So you're never gonna love that pizza yeah, the way right. you, you would if it you're was right. all the toppings you used to love, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's actually a really great way to put it. Because I could even remember like when Halo three came out, there was some things about three I was disappointed with. Obviously I loved Halo Three, but there was some things I was disappointed with. So it was kinda like to go off your analogy, it was kinda like, Oh, you know, this sliced didn't quite have as much cheese as I was hoping, but yeah. man, it still tastes great, you know. And that was kind of how that was kind of how the whole pizza was. It was like some places have more <laughs> yeah. cheese, some have more sauce. Yeah, but all the toppings. It's a are damn tasty. good pizza, right. but 
But like you said, like I got to the Halo Five portion, and it's like you didn't even put cheese on it. Like I'm pretty sure, like yeah, a rat someone tried shit to make sushi somewhere. over here, and it just you know, doesn't like go. it was just yeah. And when I say that, of course, and I, I shouldn't have to reiterate because we've said it so many times on the podcast. I love Halo Five. I think Halo Five is a brilliantly made game. I just think the story was just awful. And you know, there's other little things I didn't like, like you know, revive system. But ultimately, you know, the gameplay, the the <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like that. But you know, the, the gameplay, the multiplayer, Halo Five is, a, is still a, a work of extreme talent that I respect. It's just that you know the story lost me. So I, that's kind of what I'm saying is, is you know, there's this place I was at before Halo Five that it, this story wasn't able to bring me back from. But that's also kind of a compliment because I didn't think it. Like I already said this, I didn't think it was possible Same. to bring me back that way. And, and they got me from, back into the hype train from after Halo faster 5. than you. It was that initial reveal trailer of the slip space engine that, for me, was like, yeah. okay, I'm I'm interested. I want to know more. And then it was really two more years of waiting before we saw what the game was actually like. Um, but yeah, yeah, what they showed were the elements that I look for, which are in in a Halo campaign. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily an open world, but wider levels, you know, kind of like the two betrayals and the uh, yeah. the silent cartographers of the world. Open space that you can drive around in. Um, the whole idea, the concept of rescuing Marines has never gotten old to me. I remember playing Jackal on the NES where you would pull your Jeep up and blow up the base and all the prisoners would jump out and hop in your Jeep. Mm. And then you drive further up the level and pull up to the helicopter and they would all yeah. get out one at a time and jump in the chopper and it would fly away. And so something about that has really resonated and stuck around. And I know I'm not alone there because lots of people are just talking about how fun it is to ride around and essentially relive the second mission yeah. of the first game all throughout. The and Marines, Marines are, are awesome. actually you good. Get a Razorback, you can just, on Legendary, what I tried to do all the time is just get a Razorback full and go through the interiors very slowly. You turn a corner and they just they take down whoever is in the room. Annihilate. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And I think it's one of those elements of Halo that we didn't know how much we cared about it until it was gone. Because I think back in the Halo 1 and 2 days, or even 3, like I never really talked about the Marines being a part of why I love yeah. Halo. Because they were just there. You know, They were always there in the first trilogy. You know, And then... You know, and then um, I mean, they were obviously there in, in, in Reach as well, but then you get to four, and they're kind of not not as not as prevalent, and then five, yeah. they're not pretty much non-existent, and it became like you're like, wow, one of the elements of this game I loved was the Marines. So, you know, they brought that back here, and that's one of the things I like about. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things I like about your perspective on Halo is I feel like yeah. me specifically, I put a ton of scrutiny and a ton of joy into the the literal story details and lore. And that aspect, and I, I think you do too as well. But I think you're more fixated on how does this game mm-hmm. play, feel, sound, look? What's the experience like? You know, open world, proper music, proper gameplay. Like, I think it's a for you. It seems like it's you have this idea of the kind of experience you want for Halo. And while Five didn't have the story, Absolutely. it didn't have that experience either. And Infinite. Infinite has both, but I would say it does the experience part. Even I absolutely than the story, agree. I think actually, personally. my biggest criticism yeah. is the story because it feels essentially incomplete. Mm. You know, it feels like a launching point, and they yeah. achieved a lot. Like if they had a list of goals that they wanted to achieve, I'm pretty sure they nailed every single one of them. But it doesn't go to the highs yeah. 
that past games have gone. It certainly doesn't go to the lows. There's there's none of that stuff we saw in Halo 5 that was really upsetting. Nothing yeah. like that even comes close. But they they were able to essentially get Halo back to... I'm, I'm just like you, where I'm not completely where I was before Halo 5. But what they've managed to do is stir up yeah. this sort of interest in the future. You know, what's going to happen with the story and the game going forward? Are we going to go to biomes that look different? Are we going to go to other parts of the ring? What are we going to find? Uh, and also the past, because there's yeah. these new mysteries like, who is who are these Zalanin? What is their actual story? I have some theories on that that are similar but still different to what a lot of people online have been kind of sharing, some of the content creators. Um, mm-hmm. And so giving this sort of, this dichotomy of interest, this this binary, the past and the future, wanting to know what happened prior to 100,000 years ago with this other species that we barely got a glimpse of, and also what's going to happen in the future with the game, what's going to happen with the story of here and today and now. That they've managed to do that, that is really the the most praise I could give this story, is that they've managed to drum up interest in the past and the future, and that's what the best games did in the series, in my opinion. They, you're, you're right. Like they, they drummed up interest, and they did it without discarding all of their baggage, which is amazing to me because I think... Yeah, and year, I think me and you ago, may have agreed that I just wanted them to dump that baggage. Just pretend Halo yeah, 5 no. never happened. And go yeah, on absolutely. with it. I mean, it's, it's funny how much my mind has changed on that because even before I played Infinite, my mind had changed a bit. But back when we started the podcast, I was certainly of the opinion 5 was so bad, let's just throw out the dirty laundry and just pretend it didn't happen. But they managed to... And I heard that I think that's what helped change my mind over the years doing Sacred Icon is people started to say, hey, I liked this element of Halo 4, Halo 5. I wanted to see some of this. Please don't abandon it. And I feel like, and I'm still seeing people complain, and of course you're always going to have that. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like if you're level-headed right now, uh, anybody who loves some of those elements of 4 and 5, the way they were able to keep them to some extent and carry them forward properly without ignoring them and then, and then go into this new direction we like so much, uh, I can't imagine you could ask for it to be much better because I, I played Infinite and I wasn't upset by how they like they yeah. acknowledge five. Yeah, totally. and I'm thinking like in my mind it was like how do you acknowledge five without making the game worse? Absolutely. But they managed to do it in a in a proper way. And something else you said that uh, you always bring up points that I'm like wow that's a really good point is um, there's the thing that's nice about Infinite is to me it never hits a high anywhere near some of the highs from the rest of the series. But as you said. It not only does it not hit the lows, I don't actually think this story or this story or game campaign at all has a single low mm-hmm. to me personally. Like it has, you know, moments that are just base level good, yeah. but there's never a moment in this campaign where I go, ugh. Because, you know, even like Halo 3, something's praised out the wazoo. To war. That Cortana mission. Like, oh, yeah, to war. A to war is crazy. Just some bad lines. But but most people aren't excited to play the Cortana mission yeah. near the end of Halo Three. I mean, even if you go to Halo One, there's some some rough spots. Whether it's uh, maybe it's the it's keys the keys mission near the mm-hmm. end. Maybe it's some of uh, two betrayals reused some assets. Of libra- you know, a lot library of people don't like the the rooms repeating yeah. themselves. Totally fair. Yeah, and Halo if Two I was... has some. Sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was just say in Halo Two has some boring missions with Arbiter and some spots Sacred Icon, spots. baby. So, there's really no lows. Sacred <laughs> the Icon, best is a level ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we named ourselves after one of the worst missions. Uh, no, but like, yeah, there's, there's no like. That's the thing is, I would say it's, it might, it might be the most consistent Halo ever. I think, 
I think yeah. Reach probably gives it a little bit of a contested because I, I feel like Reach didn't have any lows either personally. Yeah, and I could, I could uh, see that. I do there. think that the story and the setting elevates it above Reach simply for yeah, the fact for sure. that um, for fans of the series, you know exactly what's going to happen before you go into it. It's a prequel. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Rogue One. Yeah. They can't throw you too many curveballs yeah. in the Star Wars universe. Um, but in you know in this game, it is very consistent. Like you said, there's not a bad mission. Yeah. There's some boss fights that I actually loved, which is yeah. crazy for this series because all the boss fights prior to this, I've thought, have been bad, unless we're talking like Scarab battles. Um, but yeah. it doesn't reach those highs, whether, it's, whether we're talking story or gameplay. Uh, and we haven't even started talking about the new additions to gameplay, but I don't think it ever reaches the highs of something like a Scarab battle or a warthog run, mm-hmm. or the first time you take control of the arbiter, you know, stuff like that that really gets the blood going. Yeah, there's not any of that, and part of it makes me think it's, I agree. it's like a toolbox. You know that they had ideas for big crazy moments. People at that studio have ideas, but there's it's yeah. it's probably just one of those sacrifices made in development that is sad but necessary, and then it gets funneled into DLC, which we know we're gonna see. Yeah. Well, they, they they played it they played it safe, but I think they played it safe in the right ways. You know, like I mean, when I play this campaign, I don't feel like I do feel like man, I wish there was another big moment like a scare battle, like you said. But I don't feel like any I've been robbed of anything. Absolutely. You know? I feel like they the places they knew they needed to go the extra mile to deliver this campaign. I feel like they did it. Like there's there's some points I can't even picture. I can't even like point out uh, a certain aspect right now. But there was times where I was playing the game, and I thought, man. If the game does this or follows through with this, I'll be happy. And it did. And I'm like, okay, great. They saw, and I know it does. it's not as black and white like that in development, but like they saw that like, oh, this thing right here is kind of cool now, but it'd be a lot cooler if we just added this extra, this thing that's probably going to take us extra months mm-hmm. of work. But they did that so many times, and they made for such an enjoyable experience. You know, just like like uh, the, the the open world not having tons of kill barriers and stuff like that. Like that would have just, or like Josh even mentioned, I think he was the first one to ever mention it. And, and to me, I've ever heard, it's just the how how uh, brilliant it was to have no fall damage because that could have really hurt. Yeah, this that's game a, a huge had fall decision, damage. right? That's a choice. Yeah, yeah, that's a big that's a big choice. Um, but yeah, so to, to take us, so we can kind of get into this, the both the gameplay and the story. So kind of starting from the beginning um, with the opening uh, cutscene with Atriox and Chief. Did you, did you, that was pretty badass, right? Yeah, and we, we had pieced it together as a community, right, beforehand, this footage and this footage. Yeah. The, the footage of Atriox yeah. was unknown to me because I had avoided spoilers in the last couple of weeks leading up to mm-hmm. it. I know the Game Informer article, I sat on that for a while. Um, I was a little bit confused. It was, Someone, one of my friends told me that they thought a level had been cut and this was the end of that mm. level. And I, I disagree because, mm. you know, they show the, um, the grappling hook getting used. That's an introduction to that. There's a lot of elements in there that show you this yep. is the start of a game. Um, but yeah, yeah, some people were, some people were confused. And upon thinking about it from a newbie's perspective, I guess I could kind of see that. I was, I was yeah. like, oh man, this is awesome. Here we go, baby. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I, I was I was all in on the cutscene. I, I think you're right, though. Yeah, it is kind of because I mean, even if well, I mean, not everyone's a Halo obsessed fan like we are. So, you know, some people just play even you know even it had nothing to do with like Halo Five being less than desirable. Some people just played Halo One, Two, and 3's campaign yeah. once and moved on. They played some multiplayer and they moved on. and They wait till the next game. So, 
for you to come into this game and fully know what's going on, you're gonna really you're gonna really have to think hard about it because the last time you saw Chief was him standing next to Locke looking at Arbiter and right. Halsey on St. Helios, and then you start this game and you see just Chief on a ship, which we know is the Lots Infinity, of people don't. Can be I pretty have any easy idea to, what that is. <laughs> yeah, which you could yeah. It'd be pretty easy to forget, like, oh, what what ship is he on and, and why is Chief there and how'd he get there and you know, where's Blue Team, where's you know but I think it was I think it was right call, and I agree with you. I think there's a lot of uh, cut, or a lot of things in that opening cutscene to make it clear this is the opening, this is the beginning. You get to see kind of that you know, classic like fall of your hero, you know, bring yeah. him down to his to his bottom or to the to lowest point of his career or life or however it's done in a story. Uh, and then it also it, it paints this picture of Atriox, which it built it built on Halo Wars two, where you already thought mm-hmm. this guy was a badass, but now you're like, okay. Chief didn't even really give yeah, him now he's just fight. He just taking our favorite hero and throwing him through warthogs and stuff like it was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a really cool opening cutscene. And then uh, this first mission, I feel like I'm, I've never heard, I haven't heard anyone say this, so I feel like I might be alone on this one. Josh definitely does not agree with me. He actually has the opposite opinion, but I adore the first mission. <laughs> yeah, it's like your it, third it favorite it. mission like, in, I the, think it's in the whole series. I, 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 well, I mean, I don't know, like for whole series, but like if we're going off first missions, I would say, yeah, I think that's what you're referring to. I think I said it was my third oh, favorite opening uh, mission. first mission gotcha. of Halo, opening mission. Yeah, because I, I think it would go Cairo Station. I think is probably the, my favorite, and then Pillar of Autumn would be second. Um, so then this would probably be a third because I, I didn't personally care for uh, Arrival in uh, Halo f- yeah. uh, Three with the uh, the jungle. I wasn't a fan of that. Um, Halo 4s is pretty strong in my opinion, but it's very it's, short. It's real short. Very short. I would say um, Reach actually, which is yeah, and then ha- not one of my favorite campaigns. It is probably my favorite opening mission just because of how slow it takes it. Oh, it's, really? It's the only opening mission that doesn't. See, that's like, kind of why yeah, it's it not mine. Try but to I get that. Throw you in, and then all hell breaks loose, and the bullets are flying immediately. It really takes its time and uh, lets you it lets you kind of breathe it, it in breathes. a little bit, almost like the second mission of yeah. Combat Evolved. Where you step out of the life pod and it's like, okay, I can yeah. actually take in this skybox for a minute. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, no, I but I, I thought, um, like, I just thought this this first mission of Halo Infinite, I thought it was so like well done and so there's so much um, theatrics mm-hmm. to this mission where, like, to me, it feels like a traditional Halo mission, like older Halo yeah. Halos had. And we get that plus the second mission before we go into the open world. So, what are your what are your thoughts on the the first mission? Uh, I really liked it. I thought that the portion at the end where you're jumping around reminded me a lot of a Titanfall mission, Titanfall Two, which has okay one of the best campaigns ever made as far as I'm concerned. So it reminded me of that. It, it's a great introduction to the grapple hook because. They obviously design it as a video game to force you to use it, to get comfortable with it. So by the time you finish that first mission, if you're anything like me, you're like, hell yeah, baby, let's go. (laughs) And it felt good. Uh, They they do a good job of like uh, enemy placement stuff that it it did in a way it felt classic. And I couldn't tell you what the differences are. There's something about the, the funneling and then the reopening for encounters that feels like a bungee game. Yep, I remember I um, when you go into the the big, I guess it's the bridge, where he changes the plan, scuttle the ship. 
that that room reminded me of yeah, the cafeteria yeah. where you first pick up your assault rifle in Halo One, and like elites are coming in okay. from different sides, yeah. and it forces you to kind of navigate that space looking around. No, I think you're I think you're dead on. I, I can't put my finger on it either. I think I mentioned it to Josh. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but one of the criticisms we had of Halo 5's encounters is it felt like here's a big open area and here's all these enemies we just dropped on the field and they're everywhere and you can go anywhere and just have a shooting yeah. gallery fun time, you know? Whereas we'd always known Halo to be like enter area and then, you know, you know, an elite, two grunts and a two jackals come in and it's like this specific yeah. encounter set up for you. Um but and the interesting thing is there's a lot of moments in Infinite where it appears as if it's one of them open shooting gallery spots where you come into a spot and there's like 26 enemies and they just seem like they're spread all over the place. But I don't ever feel the way I did in Halo 5 where it felt like a shooting gallery. It feels like they have, especially in yeah. interior missions and more campaign structure, but even in the uh, the hub world, it feels like they keep those enemies together in a way it makes it feel like it has that organic, like a traditional Halo uh, way of fighting. Yeah, enemies, I, I wonder if that has something to do with, as you were describing this, I hadn't thought of this till now, but in a lot of those interior missions, when you walk into a, a really large room that's got multiple levels, there's almost always within sight immediately, there's an exit point. And so it kind of becomes a decision to clear all the enemies or rush or do like a variation in between where you kill half of them and get to the door and go through to the next encounter. A lot of times those enemies will follow you, and that's classic Halo, I think. But in yeah. Halo 5, oftentimes, specifically, I'm thinking of uh, the Blue Team mission, the introduction to Blue Team. You go into these big hangars. Okay. You don't know where the objective is. You you know They'll show it to you with, a, with an icon, yeah. but that's non-immersive. That takes you out of it. When you can see the objective with your eyes and not a beacon that the weapon or you know yeah. whoever draws up for you. Uh, it feels exactly. it feels more rewarding as a player to go through and clear those spaces. In my opinion, yeah, no, I know I can I completely yeah I completely agree. I, I think there's, I mean, it's very clear that from the very like inception of Infinite, it's them it's been them evaluating every aspect of what makes Halo Halo and trying to fine tune mm -hmm. you know from art style to music to gameplay, they they pretty much got it. Um, but since we're only in the beginning of this game here, I'll try to move it along a little quicker. <laughs> Um, not that we're in any rush, but um, so in, Eshram's introduced through these holograms in this mission, and he gets gets some of his yeah. speeches. And um, what's your, of course we already had a lot of exposure to him before the game <laughs> yeah. came out. But what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Eshram as like a as a villain? I think you, I think Eshram's like a cool or? bad guy, uh, but man, yeah, I get tired. For, uh, just like I get tired of all the scenes with Cortana and someone else having a conversation in front of you with these holograms. I get tired of okay. all the banished yeah. whenever they're rah, 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 yelling and it's just, it's tiring to the ears. I get it. I get Too it. Much talking. You know, you, you can say more yeah. with silence, you know, just look cool, be a badass in the corner. Yeah. And that kind of almost goes yeah, for all because, of the, uh... the villains um, or, or all the bosses. I should say all of them are, fairly well written. I do not like the Harbinger. I thought that boss fight, I was actually going to say earlier, the mm -hmm. one part of the game I don't like that I think is bad is that final boss fight. Okay, why is it? Uh, we can go, like I said, we can be all over the place. Yeah, we'll come back to when we go that? to open world, but um, that boss fight in particular, same reason I don't like the Prometheans. They just teleport in. There's no door opening. There's no, there's no drop ship coming in to place them. 
they just appear and then they teleport around you. It feels cheap. It feels unfair. It's anti-Halo, yeah. in my opinion. Well, that I mean, that's a that's a fair comparison. I've definitely I've heard that already. I think for me, I kind of just gave it a pass because it was one enemy as a mm-hmm. boss. So I didn't see it the same. I think you're right, but I didn't it see it that way. It gets a pass from because me because it's one. I was like, well. But it was the worst one. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like if we had, if we, you know, if we, we play the DLC and it's like the endless DLC or something and there's a bunch of Harbingers teleporting all over the place, that's going to be like a, no, we're back in yeah. the five territory, the four. Uh, we, I would agree with you for sure. But yeah, as a boss, I just saw it's teleporting as like, its special technique as a boss battle but then then again like i I would say for me like the 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 um, harbinger's boss battle for me the thing i don't like about harbinger's boss battle is i'm never a huge fan of when games do boss battles that are basically yo i'm the boss but i don't have anything special about me it's the waves of enemies also cheap i'm never a big fan of that yeah because i'm like that's not i don't feel like you're a boss i feel like you're a little like lever on the wall (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that puts out waves of enemies because as you've heard a million times i'm sure already Corey, most people got caught up on that freaking brute chieftain that came out yeah you know it wasn't well, on legendary harbinger. i certainly did i got hung up there on that chieftain for a while trying to find the right path yeah and, you know order of enemies and stuff yeah because i, I definitely i definitely had more fun like having Esherum chase me around and the elite use his hammer and use all, all of the stuff. elite bosses were good and the, yeah Elite bosses, like stuff like that, where it felt like they were an actual design boss, where the, the the harbinger felt more like you know, let's just have them in the center and sending waves out. And wave based b- boss battles to me just don't quite feel the same. So, but I will say for like the harbinger as a, I liked it. I liked the design, the aesthetic design of the alien, and I liked the I liked the voice, and I liked pretty much everything surrounding that character. Uh, how'd you feel about it's a it's a know, fine introduction. We can get. You know, it's an introduction to a character, and that's kind of one of the only things. Like, if we're criticizing the story, there's there's almost nothing that happens. You know, he gets the weapon. We knew what the we pretty much knew what the weapon was. So, if you're not a fan and you're learning, oh, this isn't Cortana, that's probably a different experience for you. But for us, okay, he he's Mm -hmm. on the ring. He gets the weapon. He learns that the Harbinger exists with skimmers, and they've torn apart the the yep. monitor and then you go kill a bunch of stuff you know if you learn that yeah. the spires are rebuilding no, I mean, the ring that's I, not some big you knew that the ring was rebuilding itself and you shut it down <laughs> it played it very safe and it gave us and i as i've described it as like it, it feels like a game that kind of it feels like the middle of an experience you know we didn't really have a the beginning was was what happened between five and and infinite yes. and then the ending we didn't really get because you know the it, the game just kind of ended, and it, the funny thing is, it didn't it didn't end like Halo Two, where you're like like Halo Two was building towards something, and then it cut off. Yeah, Halo Infinite was like, no, we're just gonna take a nap now. You know, like it, it yeah, told this, you. I it think was this quitting. is more this was more satisfying in my opinion. I didn't like the the Halo Two cut oh, off for three years and see what happens for sure. Um, it, it wrapped up in at least a satisfying place. Part of the reason it's so boring, in my opinion, or, or that there's just not the highs like we talked about, yeah. is because it's telling us the story of Halo 6 and saving us the time and the suffering of having to go through and play it as the sequel to Halo yeah. 5. Yeah, I think you're so right. So they just took, they took the essentially everything that was supposed to happen in Halo 6. They said, we're not making this game. Let's make it about the mystery of what happened. 
when yeah. Chief wasn't around, and the, the you know the player and the Chief will find this out together, along with the weapon, even though we had our own pretty good ideas about yeah. her going into it. Yeah. By I, the way, the weapon. How amazing is Jen Taylor in this game? Oh. Playing three characters. Yeah, dude, it's, it's incredible. absolutely incredible. It's yeah, it's incredible because there's there's no moment where you have to like suspend your disbelief to believe that she's a separate character. The weapon feels Not like a all. completely different character than Cortana, and Cortana feels like a completely different character than Halsey, and none of them feel the same, and it's all the same voice. And the thing yeah. is, not only is it the same, like, like to, to be clear, because there's so many voice actors in gaming that do lots of different voices. That's not unheard of. But she's doing the same voice three <laughs> times, three different ways to make you think they're separate people. Yeah, you know, and so. I never had a question about which one was speaking. Never. Yeah. Yeah, Cort- it's Cortana's all was more confident really. and Cortana's was more confident and kind of like like knowledgeable and then like the weapons was like, you know, naive and I'm just kind of fish out of water and then Halsey's was like, I know everything, and I'm I'm a little older, you know. Yeah. Um, the weapon, I uh, I remember, and I think it was on Twitter, or Discord. You said which one would you prefer between Cortana and the weapon, and I said the weapon, and you were surprised by that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the reason I would rather have the weapon, the reason I liked her so much in the game, is because as soon as you pick her up, she's supposed to be deleted. So yeah. this whole thing to her, this is just bonus time. It's like, oh. I get to have an adventure? Hell yeah, let's go on an adventure. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's a good and, that's a good level of optimism to just have alongside you for this whole time while you're finding dead marines. Yeah, she gets Bitch. to have that adventure until Chief almost deletes her, and she's like, whoa, I wanted to live. Yeah, yeah. What? I wanted to ride yeah. this chocolate river a little farther, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and I, I think... Uh, you know, I, I try to I try to compare Infinite Story more towards Combat Evolve because, like, like you said, and I completely agree, is... Not much happens in Infinite. There's there's a lot of interesting things we learn happen before Infinite, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of promise that more is going to happen after. Mm-hmm. But what happened during it was just was was it wasn't a lot, and it was kind of it was very base level. But I also think that that's you know you don't want to bite off more than you can chew when your game already has to make up for for Halo Five. You know what I mean? So yeah. it feels more like. Combat Evolve, because, you know, with Combat Evolve, what do we really know about Combat Evolve? We're being chased by this alien conglomerate. We land on this mysterious ring world made by things we don't understand. The flood gets introduced, and it basically it's like, okay, escape the flood, blow the ring up, and, and get out of there. And that's yeah. it. You know, so really, it's it's if, if we only had Halo Combat Evolve to go off of, this story probably offers more, not more you know, as far as what is in it to take away from than even Combat Evolve did. It's just coming from things like two and three, or even like four. I mean, honestly, five. I mean, the, the, the problem with five was never that it didn't have enough story. It was just yeah, the way it was told and how story. they did it. It's just bad. <laughs> it's just bad and too much and too much, you know. But so we we're used to having all these big. Really, since Halo Two, we've had mm-hmm. pretty much dumps of story. I think Reach gets a Reach gets a pass. It was more simple, but mostly dumps of story. And then you get to Infinite, and it's kind of back to that, like you know. Take it easy, you know, take it easy kind of thing. And, and you know, people But it has audio logs. Like, All kinds of stuff gets fleshed out in audio logs just like those other games did that have the the bombastic moments. And that yeah. can almost be um like overkill in a way. You can just be flooded with with data to take in. Yeah. Um I I really like that to kind of compare it to Combat Evolved's story. Combat Evolved had a lot of story that was in the art and to to kind of be inferred by people when they're playing the 10th or 12th time through. Whereas this yeah. game gives you audio logs and it, it has environmental storytelling. Like there's one 
you find an audio log and it's talking about uh, a Spartan. I can't remember who it is. That's coming down in one of those bumblebee life pods yeah. and aims for a phantom and takes it out. And then if you go look at the landscape where you find it, you find the bumblebee and then you find the trail. And beyond that, you find the phantom, the phantom. that had been blown yeah. in half. So that that's stuff really is really awesome. The way they still, t- they, they can tell story without giving you a cutscene and saying it to you in these big ex- exposition dumps, which we got a lot of. Yeah. We could have gotten a lot more, honestly. And maybe because yeah. that backstory has been told now, they can you know, focus their storytelling more on what's happening in the here and now. Well, what do you, what do you have to say? Because I feel, I feel bad for 343 on this, and I'd like to hear your opinion. So back when from Halo 4 on, Halo 4 comes out, people start shouting, there's no way to understand the story unless you read all the books. Mm-hmm. Well, then they say before five, they're like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen for five. We're going to fix that. Five comes out. People say the same thing. You don't know the story unless you read all the books. And then I'm starting to see people say that infinite, and then the, granted, not as many, but it's still early. I'm starting to see people say that infinite you couldn't understand without reading all the stuff and knowing all the background history. Now, my opinion is four was pretty easy to understand without anything. Five they were completely right. That game was just all over the place without having watched stuff, read stuff. Yeah. And even if you did, you're still wondering why the game starts out with characters you've never really played as. Yeah. So I think 5 was a fair criticism. But I think Infinite, I understand if you're somebody who's new to the series, you're you're not going to know everything. But when a franchise is 20 years deep, when you're in the 6th, 7th, 8th entry, I don't think we should expect that people have the full entire grasp of knowledge that a 20-year franchise veteran does. So I think Infinite does as good a job as it needs to for new players and old. Would you agree with that? Granted, I'm not talking from the perspective of a new player, but I think having not read all of the books or all of the comics or anything, I think they do a great job. The stuff that is supplemental, such as the audio logs, specifically the Forerunner audio logs and the Spartan logs, that stuff ties into other fiction in a way that's tasteful and it doesn't ruin your experience if you're not familiar with these concepts already. It can just be a Absolutely. mystery, whether it's solvable with the internet yeah. or not at this point. Yeah, in and time. if you're somebody who's like like completely just out of the know and you listen to an audio log and you're like, Oh my gosh, it sounds so interesting or like you finish the legendary and you're like offensive bias, what the heck does that mean? And if you, somebody who wants to become invested, you go online, and I think we've all probably done this. I've done this before. You go on Wikipedia or Halo, Halopedia, and you go offensive bias, and you read about it. And you're like, as you're reading about offensive bias, you hear other phrases like ecumene council, didact, uh, medicant bias. Yeah. You start clicking those. You start opening other tabs. And before you know it, you've been reading for three hours, and <laughs> suddenly you're like, whoa, Halo's the coolest thing ever. So I think it's a really cool way to bring people in because at the same time, if you're somebody who just wants to shoot bad guys and you don't want to hear a bunch of that crap – you see the audio log, you pick it up, you ignore, ignore it. it. You just you just don't even bother with it anymore. So, no, I think that's uh, – I'm absolutely on the same page. Um, People complaining about that sort of thing, that element of, oh, I don't understand this. I must have missed a book, and that's why, and it's their fault. Don't forget, man, these games are meant to draw you in and make you go buy those yeah, books. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They're supposed like, – they're trying there, to there's a, there's a level in which there can be too much of that, which I think – five had but i think for the most part i I always Mm -hmm. think you know you know we've talked about it we talked about it at length with uh alex you know haruspis um i just think i think it was really disingenuous how people said that about four because the thing about halo four was is that if you had read the forerunner trilogy um man does that sweeten the game it really does sweeten it 
Sure does. By no means, in my personal opinion, and also Alex's, were those novels required to understand the story. The story was actually pretty simple in Halo 4. You, you, you crashed on this random planet. There's a big bad guy who wants to go uh, compose all human life, and Cortana's going rampant. It's basically save your girlfriend and stop the bad guy. I mean, it was pretty simple. Um, but once again, if you'd read those books, it really sweetened it, you know? Same as with the original game. I mean, with Infinite... 343 is kind of digging themselves out of a hole. They're starting behind. Same as they did with Halo 4, just because public perception was there's no way anyone could top yeah. Bungie's games. So they're starting with public perception. They're digging themselves out of a hole. Well, if you had played Halo CE, having already read the Fall of Reach novel that came out a couple months before, I didn't. You know, I played the game mm-hmm. first, and that was a year or so after it had released. But if you had read that beforehand, just like just like Halo 4, man, that's really going to sweeten the experience for you, knowing who this guy is and where he came from and about this war that's been going on and yeah. kind of the what we what little we know about the Covenant at that point. Yeah, no, and I mean, and it's funny too because they've kind of done that again with Shadows of Reach uh, this time around, cause, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool because um, I was playing, when I first played Infinite, I already read Shadows of Reach, so I'm like, oh shit, the weapon is made from one of the other brains, cloned brains that Halsey had stored under reach that blue team went and retrieved, uh, what was that? Six months to a year ago in Canon. That's dope. Yeah. But to go one step further, I feel like because three, four, three, so aware of how they get criticized for the book stuff they put in the game. If you noticed, there's like four audio logs that you get no matter what, you don't even have to collect them. They're just at the top of your menu. And those four audio logs pretty much fill you in on the sh- what happened in Shadows of Reach. So they even mm-hmm. covered their back there. Because like, I-, I would argue you don't need to know that. But they kind of got, That's a great got ahead of it there. So that was they- – they've really done a good job. I think five is the only time they slipped up. And I-, I really wonder how much of a lot of the mistakes in five was them listening to criticism on four and trying to correct themselves because they're a new studio, you know? That's a great point, and I don't think it's something we can answer yeah. without talking to people who Absolutely. were there. But this is kind of a very similar feeling situation, isn't it? Where they've you you don't have to talk to anyone. You can play the game and know. Oh, they have responded to criticism, oh, absolutely, and it's all over the design. Yeah, yeah. It feels like I guess the difference is here the response to criticism. It feels like they they fully understood and got it right. Whereas five, it was like they got it right. Whoa, yeah. you know, um, but. They also had more time. They had twice as long to make the game. Yeah. yeah. Iterate on response to that criticism, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so story elements wise. Um, so we like the weapon. Very cool way of uh, introducing that character that works in the lore so well. Because I think, I think if in most franchises, if you try to replace an iconic character with a copy of them, it's almost never going to fly, I think. But this... You know, that's something I hadn't even thought about. Like, what a what a tough problem to solve if you're anyone if you're dealing with anything that's not a digital companion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There there could have been bad ways to do it. Obviously, they could have made it bad yeah. or you know just kind of whatevs. But instead, they made it awesome. Yeah. It was very well written. I mean, because well, all the they. I mean, it's one of the few franchises I feel like in existence where. They had all the background material there to make this thing come into fruition. They had uh, it had been established. 
I think the main place it was established was actually Halsey's journal from the Reach uh, collector's edition. But it had been established that Halsey had these other clone brains that she didn't use. Um, it mm-hmm. had been established that Cortana had gone rampant and that she even said while she was on her way to rampancy, like, they're probably going to replace you with another one. It's probably going to be look like me and sound like me, but it ain't going to be me. So they had literally everything there. All they had to do was bring it to fruition, and, and it looks like, and to some extent I think it was, of course, but it looks like it was planned from the beginning because all the pieces are there, you know? Yeah, they could have done this right after Halo 3 if they wanted to. Absolutely, yeah, because it, it was all kind of put into place. Um, but then, then also it mirrors that whole, if you do know the Forerunner uh, trilogy stuff, and, and uh, this will sound boring to people who have read it, but for people who didn't, I'll sum it up real quick. But extremely long story short, there was an AI called Medicant Bias that was supposed to help the Forerunners uh, defeat the Flood, and the Flood had a conversation with Medicant Bias for like 60 years, convinced the Forerunners' own AI that the Forerunners were wrong, and that AI turned on its creators and helped the Flood defeat the Forerunners. So the Forerunners created Offensive Bias, which was literally just another AI that was designed to specifically take that one out. And you see that mirrored here again, 100,000 years in the future, with, okay, we're going to create an exact replica of Cortana with her one purpose is to go take that other AI out and then delete herself. So it just, it really works very well. It, it works extremely well. And you can see the fabric of these ideas in place back before Halo 4 came out in those Greg Bear books. Yep. Yeah. They absolutely. knew what they were doing. Absolutely. Um, how do you how do you feel about how they they finish Cortana's story? How they from from the beginning to the end, how they fleshed that out and how they wrote it off? Like, what are your thoughts? Well, I've always been someone who believes that they should have just maybe after four or during four, they should have just killed off Cortana and gotten on with it. And yeah. there's been a lot of unnecessary sentimentality around that character. Yep. Which would be more well-deserved if she were a person and not a program. Cause I've always thought that, you know, she's one of thousands of these AIs that command ships and, you know, help run processes all across the galaxy. But this yeah. one he's like in love with, and there's gotta be three games talking about how sad he is because she's doing something he knew was going to happen. It's from a little the beginning. much. So yeah. it, it was a little much. The way they wrapped it up was good. It was succinctly, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't told quickly, but what happened is essentially she came to grips with her own humanity that she had pulled from the experiences with the Master Chief, right? So he's more human than yeah. maybe he gives him, himself credit for. Um, the, the way that that works, it's like it's good in a sentimental way, but it's also stupid in that, like, you killed all these people just to realize yeah, you well... were wrong. And the, at the end of the day, you just, oh... Yeah, I was wrong. Let yeah, no, I, that's up. well. That's the thing that I feel like, and I don't know if it was five that dropped the ball or infinite or both, but they're not clear as to um, why Cortana is the way she is. And I have looked very hard for clarification, and for a long time I didn't get any. Um, but I did without. I can't say anything, but I did get some clarification from some people that made me feel pretty confident mm-hmm. about what they were aiming for with the story. Um, some credible. Is this regarding uh, the domain? Well, a little bit, but like some, I got some, I got some credibility on, on, on clarification that the, the intent was she went rampant in four and going into mm-hmm. five, it, she was, I mean, this part wasn't quite clarified for me, but 
she was rampant in five when she arrived in the domain and she's either my the way i took it was that she is still she is still rampant in the domain but either way she's either still rampant in five or the the domain has made her not rampant but the character of cortana that came to the domain is not uh, a cortana in her right mind the the last bit of cortana we got that was the one we know and loved was in four that piece she left behind to save chief she said most of me's down there there's even a little comic type thing called tales from slip space you can read um, that shows like the fragmented parts of cortana in the domain trying to take over the domain and she even lies in this little comic she says um she says that she's like the only like all of her pieces are broken and she's the only one and the warden eternals in the domain and he's like you can't have access to the domain and she argues with him she argues with him tells him that she's the only one and the whole time they're arguing a bunch of other splits of cortana is behind him in the domain taking over and he doesn't realize it so but no, I did get some clarification from from a, from a source that that I am 100 uh, percent makes me happy to hear from um, that uh, the intent was mm-hmm. she only acted this way because she's rampant, which I wish so desperately that, that was like more properly stated in the game because when I was playing Infinite, I wanted to buy into everything, but I was like, well, um, if she really was not rampant at all and just full on Cortana and decided to commit genocide and then go. Oh shit! I think I made a mistake. I'm gonna help you by blowing up a part of this ring. See ya, peace. You know, learn from my mistakes. I'm like, that seems really, really stupid. If that's the case, but what I've been told is the intent. That was never the intent. The intent was she was completely rampant. That's the way she acted. The way she did. The, the Cortana's we knew her was dead in four, and the only reason that she had any kind of, um, I guess, repentance because redemption wouldn't be fair. Not the right word. Only reason she had any repentance is because she she yeah. was she had her hands tied. She was defeated on all fronts. She was she about, was about to, to lose. lose. Yeah, and, and you can kind of see that mirrored in in the way they set up the story, right? The the line she keeps repeating: "If you knew how you were going to die, would you live differently?" It's her right. saying, "You know, I'm trapped. I lost. This stuff's gone. I don't have the I don't have my guardians. I don't have control of everything. I'm about to lose. What can yeah. I do with this?" And she starts to reflect on the mistakes she's made. And she helps Chief, and I, I think that's that's about as good as they could do for the hole that was buried with five, right? Yeah, I, I agree. My understanding was a little bit different that we had this fragment of the original Cortana that was left, who entered the domain, which is like somewhat organic, and the the burst of knowledge and the like bits, if you will, the code within was enough to complete her, though not in her necessarily yeah. original image. She's now obsessed with the mantle and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I think there's... I mean, there's definitely... I mean, th- this part's just kind of, I guess, speculation on my own, but, like, there's the part of her that did die in, in Halo 4, and a lot of that could have been her her humanity or maybe the sides of Halsey that keeps Hall Because, you know, Halsey is not a good person, but she's not, she's not <laughs> intentionally evil <laughs> either, I would say. She's, she's not, not the devil, devil but right. she does horrific things. So I think maybe that you know that part of Cortana that would have kept her from deciding to control the universe with mass genocide was kind of gone. Not to mention when you have literally the sum of all knowledge and infinite life on top of your already rampant self, that's a cocktail for something not very good. Um, 
But you know, I do wonder. I do wonder. Yeah, who's to say Halsey wouldn't have done the same thing in yeah. her shoes? No, absolutely. If she had the power to control and force peace through yeah. genocide, then you know that doesn't sound like something Halsey. No, it, do. it definitely seems something that's right up her alley. Um, but yeah, I think we're both on the same page. It's just you know, if Cortana just had made that sacrifice and died in four, and that was it, that would have been like because I who knows yeah where who knows be. where we'd be. But that was such a great send off for a character, right? Because I remember thinking. In, in the same way, you know, when Halo 3 ended, and Halo 3 ended it with Chief going back in cryo, and he said, wake me when you need me. I remember thinking to myself, that's the perfect way to end his story. That is perfect. Absolutely. Well, in the same vein, I would give uh, I would give 343 some credit. They were damn near close to it with Cortana and Halo 4. I'm like, I can't end her character much better than that. You know, it was sentimental. It was great. Mm-hmm. She just made a sacrifice. She's gone. But, you know, bringing her back, it wasn't the best choice. And even if they were going to bring her back... They could have done it a lot better than they did in five, but that's that's old hat at this point, you know. Yeah, it's it's almost like they have a mandate of you've got to have Master Chief and the Blue right. Lady in his head, and when four went out and she, you know, essentially sacrificed herself in this way that was pretty well written, uh, they had to come back and well, how do we get Cortana back involved? Yeah, and what they came up with was not as good as what they did with it. No, Infinite. absolutely, and. That's the thing that's unfortunate because I remember when when Infinite was first we first saw the trailer or even even the the gameplay 2020 we didn't know the weapon was a thing yet mm-hmm. and I, I me and Josh yeah. were under the impression that the pilot was going to act as your voice in your ear and we weren't going to do the whole AI me thing, too right yeah and then yeah. and then suddenly you know it was what six months before launch it was like holy shit okay we're doing the whole new Cortana thing and I was <laughs> I gotta admit I was excited because yeah. I was didn't expect that and I do love her character you know. Uh, I did expect it because you remember during the E3 2019 mm-hmm. video that shows him getting chief in the, it's got the pilot and he, he gets yeah. chief in the Pelican and it's kind of the start of the adventure. Um, there was some code found when he powers up and you see in the visor, a whole bunch of code, like kind of scrolling yeah. People had found a link or something. I can't remember exactly how it led to this, but on the internet, it was a link to an audio file, remember. and it was Jen Taylor delivering one of those lines about, I'm not sure how, but this is me. And then shortly after that, 343, and I'm pretty sure it was Sketch at the time, led a community stream where he showed the making of that video, and they paused it right as he's about to insert that chip. And like zoomed in, yeah, we've modeled this little carriage for the for the chip, and it had a serial number on there that was one digit off of Cortana's. So I knew they were going to do something wow. similar to that. And then it was that next year when I saw Jen Taylor at the Outpost Discovery, and I asked her about that line. I was like, "Do you remember doing that line?" She's like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> that's so cool, that's so cool." Yeah, no, I, I guess I guess I wasn't open minded enough with that because I. I when I heard like the younger Cortana voice and the, I saw the chip and the weapon containment device, I was just assuming all of that had to do with Cortana as a character in the game. You know, something going yeah. on with her. I didn't really realize it was. But at the same time, you can go back to I think it was the fourth episode of the podcast we ever put out. I mentioned on the podcast, I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if they just mirrored offensive bias and medicant bias and they made a new Cortana to go up against her? Like I say that yeah. to Josh, so I, I, I mean, I was thinking that too, but. I didn't really think they'd go through with it, and, and they did, which I was I was pretty happy with. Um, I think I think there's a lot of speaking of offensive bias and mendicant bias. Um, you know, there's a lot of points throughout that game where teleports open, yep. and the weapons kind of like, oh, you know, 
this teleporter. Someone's helping yeah. us. And it happens at the very end and you teleport four days into the future. Uh, the entire time I was kind of thinking the same thing you were where, oh, this is Cortana. All of this is about Cortana as a character. Yeah. And she's in the ring and she's got either she's still intact or there's like sub programs yep. that she wrote to help him when he got to this point. Right. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't Cortana at all. It was offensive yeah. bias, which was a pretty good twist. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, this just came to me in the moment. So I maybe haven't thought this through at all, but offensive bias. What if, if, what if offensive bias is against us going forward? And that was medicate possible. That was medicate bias opening the portals. Is that possible? Because Medicaid Bias wanted to pay oh. for his penance, you know, like for what he did. I don't quite remember how Mendicant Bias wound up. I thought that he was obliterated in the war. Well, he was, he was, he was, he was still, I do, I remember him being in Contact Harvest, and I know he was in the terminals of Halo 3 as an actual live character. Oh, that's right, that's right, yeah. So there's at least fragments of him still around, yeah. too. Because it's like the whole thing is, right, offensive bias was going against Medicant, so I'm like, and I, I didn't, you know, I don't know the context of that final legendary scene with Atriox and, and offensive bias and the Grand Edict, but if offensive mm -hmm. bias ends up being an ally of Atriox in some way, maybe Medicant bias would be helping us. I don't, I mean, that's just a stretch, but you know. Oh man, that, that could be a, I hadn't considered that. That would be a huge twist. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. Um, hmm. So I think, I think that the offensive bias, the whole, the whole legendary cutscene at the end, um, spoilers in case anyone listening didn't realize, but <laughs> they have a conversation between the Grand Edict and uh, it's the Desp monitor, right? Despondent Pyre. Despondent yeah. Pyre. And they're having a conversation about the Endless or the Zalanin. And I took that to mean that this was like a, essentially a recording of a conversation that they're playing for you for beating the legendary ending. And it's not really tied to the fact that Atriox is still alive, which you see, but they totally could end up working together. Yeah. I think, I mean, I you do know, lean more, I do lean more to what you're saying. I think the audio look at, is supposed look to be at separate. The, look at the, look at Guilty Spark. How many times has that dude flipped sides? You know, oh, he's yeah. got objectives. He's really just about I mean, the objectives this, and he'll the... go with whoever is going to help. Didn't the sub monitor in this game flip sides a few times? A adjutant totally. resolution or whatever. I mean, please that's accept just, my apologies. Yeah, that's just what they do. Uh, I, I loved having monitors back again. By the way, that was that was. Yeah, it made me. Feel I really bad. liked both of those boss fights with. Yeah. Um, what was it? Adjutant uh, resolution. Adjutant resolution. Yeah. It had yeah. some really cool music. Yeah. No, I no, I really enjoyed those as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's just. They've done a great job of starting up the mystery because there's so many different directions the story could go forward now, and it's not really clear because you have you have something so grounded as Atriox and the Banish, which for me very much it is different, but it mirrors more of the conflict we have with the Covenant. You know, it's just a, right. a conglomerate of aliens that are you're fighting against. But then you also have that the other part, which is stuff like offensive bias, the endless. I'm like, where's grave mines? Grave mines potentially. I mean, could the flood play a part at, at some point? Um, you know, the, the end, the endless is something I'm, I, I'm very interested in and intrigued by. I do wish we got just a tad more of what they were going to be in this, in the main campaign, because it does seem so open-ended that it's like, what are we really, 
Like, I know we're waiting for something, but I'm, I'm so unsure of what it is. And I was actually confused for a little while until I found out it says it on the TAC map. But the way that the Harbinger talked a few times, I was like, are you an Endless? Are you helping the Endless? I'm confused. I don't know. And then I heard about the Zalanin and the audio log, and I'm like, okay. If that's the Zalanin, is the Zalanin part of the Endless? And blah, blah, blah. Well, eventually I looked at the TAC map once you finish the game, and the TAC map does specify that the Endless are a part of like the, the harbinger is a part of the endless it's her it's her people her species yeah so i'm like do we think that the endless is literally just copies of the same alien as the harbinger or do we think it's a conglomerate of different aliens and are, are the skimmers part of the endless like that i wasn't well, that's sure. true i mean the skimmers actually they've got a lot of facial features that make them look almost like dwarfs of whatever yeah. the harbinger is yeah um I didn't consider that they could be a conglomerate similar to the the covenant of a bunch of yeah. different races because when you look at the silexes, they all look similar to that first one that was open. They've got the same like outline, and you you can find silexes that even look like they've got little uh, flood spores on them, yeah, little popcorns. So maybe I mean, what if there's like ancient humans that are part of the endless? I mean, that's completely possible. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't I mean the the Silex for the Harbinger is way different from the Silex as we see in the Legendary ending. They're not the same, right? I would have to remember, rewatch the Legendary well, ending to know. I well, thought the they were the same. Okay, well, if you remember when you first come out after the second mission of the game, you come out and you see the Silex of Harbinger. Yeah, it looks like a Harbinger on the Silex. Yeah. It's like a tall. Well, the ones they show off in the Legendary cutscene look absolutely nothing like that. But it seems that they're referring to the end. They're like I don't even I can't even describe what they look like. But they were, it wasn't like a long character like Harbinger. It was more like a, a smaller character. I think Corey's looking it up here. Like a skimmer. Um, um, I mean, closer to a skimmer than the Harbinger for sure. But it, if the Harbinger is part of that, it, it kind of lends more to the theory to me that, that it's a conglomerate. You know, than yeah. Than Which just, that would leave more options open for the designers if ideas don't work in yeah. the future. They don't have to be married to it. Do you do? You, I'm I'm not saying I'm actually not sure where I land on this. Do you feel any of the learnings with the Prometheans have been incorporated into the Endless and the Skimmers? Do you feel there's connections there, or do you think it's completely separate? Well, I'm looking at I'm actually looking at a screenshot of this legendary ending right now, and they okay. don't even look like beings. It just looks like a yep. an icon, right? Like maybe that's just the icon for the Endless. You know, maybe, maybe that's the icon for the Endless. Who's who's to say? Um. As far as are they related to? Sorry, repeat your question. Um, so like the okay, well here's here's kind of where my train of thoughts coming from. So you know they put so much, you know I know for gamers it probably doesn't feel like a lot of work. It's like oh it's just just two games, you know. But massive amounts of actual human labor resource went into creating the Prometheans and the Promethean weaponry and all that aesthetic designs. I feel like they'd want to keep some of that work and learnings for infinite without actually using it. And I thought I saw that in the 400 weapons, like the cinder shot, me too. heat wave. Seems to me like they took some of the learnings of those Promethean stuff and made it a lot cooler. I mean, I yeah. love the, the 400 <laughs> weapons are so much better. They um, are. So do you, do you feel that? Do you feel that at all with the Harbinger and the Skimmers? Do you feel like... I like, don't... kind of like maybe... I, I don't, I don't see any connection to the Prometheans. Not in lore, just in design, I guess. In design... In the weapons, absolutely. As far as yeah. her as just, you know, she's one character. Not really. Yeah. They they have the, yeah. the skimmers, which are like the flying things, and that to me seems like 
you know, before they, they had replaced drones and they tried yeah. to use the little, uh, oh, what are they called? The stupid the annoying, the watchers. Yeah. Yeah. And those aren't very fun to fight. And so they came up with something no. that I think is actually better than both. It's more fun to shoot I, skimmers than drones yep. or watchers. Really? I agree. This, the skimmers is the best, like quote unquote flying unit yet. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, another, I think a part of the reason I brought this up is because somebody on Twitter was comparing the images and it's probably a stretch, you know, people, Halo fans love to do this, but like, if you put pictures of the Watcher next to different pictures of the Skimmer, you could see the Skimmer being like a, comp- maybe the, the Watcher was a composed Skimmer, maybe, or something like that. And if that yeah. was the case, then maybe, you know, maybe that, because uh, maybe some of the learnings from like the Watcher came over to the Skimmer. And that's not me saying the Skimmer is anything like the Watcher, because the truth of the matter is, I love the Skimmer, I, I hate the Watcher. But Anything could have been know, composed, flying, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I do think I do think they tried to salvage what was was salvageable there um, with a lot of the work they did. I mean, I, there's also grunts that you know have the aesthetic design of of more Halo Four and Five grunts. So yeah. I think they did want to save work where they could, but um, it's a good blend. I'm interested to see where they take that. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good blend. They didn't throw away all of their work, and they definitely have grown from what they've learned uh, using yeah. that stuff in the past. But I think um, an interesting I think it's interesting anyway. Um, and I texted my buddy Drew that I've talked to you about before, who was on the Forerunner Council and gave feedback on the game. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and I gave him my theory, and he was pretty excited about it. And then told me that Luke from the Hidden Xperia channel had put out a video that was talking mm-hmm. about a lot of the same ideas. And so okay. I, I recommend people go check out his video, which um, I forget what it's called, but it's it's essentially talking about the Harbinger and explaining some of the endings and. Uh, he he gives some theories about the end of that game, both the normal and the legendary. Uh, and I I don't agree with exactly what he's saying, but but there is some like connective tissue between the Harbinger and the past. You know, the Forerunner trilogies, the Grave Minds. Yeah. Even uh, he thinks that the Harbinger is in some way related to the Primordial, mm-hmm. the last living precursor that was essentially what led to the creation yeah, of the Flood. I think I watched this video. And continue, continue. Okay. Okay, cool. So I don't think that I think that actually the Zalanin, if you will, they were immune to the rings, the rings fired, they survived. And then thousands of years later, they stumble upon Delta Halo from Halo two accidentally release the flood that gets the, the amount of living biomass to form Mm. the grave mind it also leads to the Sentinels there building the wall in the quarantine mm-hmm. zone. It's the same thing that happened to the Covenant when they showed up on Alpha Halo and they bust, you know, they, they unleashed the flood, all hell breaks loose, but we blew that ring up before a grave yeah. could be formed, right? So the reason he thinks that they are tied to um, precursors is because precursors became grave mines. Uh, but the original grave mine died at the hands of like the whole offensive bias, mendicant yeah. bias war. So I think it's it's separate species, but I do think that there's a very good chance that the Zalanin are what make up the Grave Mind from the Bungie trilogy. Mm. So, so are you saying that the Endless would or would not be? They're not precursors, is what you're saying? I don't okay. think so. At least I've not seen any evidence that makes me think that. The main evidence that people are kind of pointing to are, um, it's it's this audio log where the harbinger says she quotes the grave mine and says now I yeah. I shall talk yeah. and you shall listen, 
Um, which the first time I heard that, I was like, yeah, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you know? like that's yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a thing. This means yeah, something. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, it's just a fan theory. They're going to give us more information as time goes on. That's going to evolve those theories. Uh, it's all interesting. Yeah. I think the gray minds are pretty fascinating. Well, as characters. Yeah, I think I think with it being set on Zeta Halo and what we know of the primordial and grave minds and the precursors, I think it all has something to play into it. It's just what is because I guess what's kind of hard for me to if if the endless are truly something completely new that have no relation to flood, have no relation to precursors. It seems like that'd be hard to juggle, right? Because we're already dealing with. So we had the Prometheans, which you know seems to be more or less in the past because it didn't go over well. So we had the Prometheans, now we have the Banished. Right. And then if they introduce the Endless, it's like, all right, are you guys... I guess I'm kind of nervous because I'm like, are you guys ready to do this whole new faction thing again? You brought back the again. You brought back the Banished because like the Banished are like... The Banished was like a one-trick pony, right? It's like somehow you guys managed to, to have a way to pretty much bring the Covenant back where it works completely in story and it's fun and it's awesome. You know, they're not the covenant. They just happen to have all the same races and the same vehicles. And yeah. Stuff, so it, it really works. So I'm like, if you, if you shift into this whole endless thing and that becomes your main focus or takes up half the game, like the Prometheans did and people don't, and people don't right. like it, you know, you're kind of back to, you're kind of back in that, that tough spot again. So I'm like, an even worse tough spot because of the repeated failures of trying to introduce these new enemy yeah. factions that don't go over well. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, cause and that's the thing is like, I know some people didn't like the flood. I've always liked the flood, but like, you Me know, if, if you, there's levels that are worse absolutely. than others that are primarily full of flood. And I think that's got a lot to do with why people don't like them, you know, and there's something else too, to be said as far as story and stuff goes. And when people think back to, games that have pretty simple stories, but they love them and they think they're, they're maybe deeper than they are. I think that a lot of gamers kind of confuse premise with story because a good premise with a great playing game, you can fulfill kind of everything you need with your imagination. But if a game has tons of story, you know, audio logs and and, uh, readables that you pick up, that doesn't necessarily mean the exact same thing. Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. Sometimes imagination and premise can go a little bit further. And maybe that's a good thing that they've tried to go more in this route of, yeah, stuff happened in the past, and that's kind of what a lot of the story is about. Uh, we're not going to show it to you directly. Alfred Hitchcock, you know, what you don't see is a little more effective. Yeah. Not necessarily trying to be scary, but as far as just, like, fulfilling the holes yourself. Yeah, yeah, man. There's there's so many different <laughs> There's so many different ways to spin that and so many different ways to talk about things. I I can't help but feel like, now if you're like me, when, when Halo 3 and, or when Bungie's done, Halo 3, ODST Reach, and you hear that 343, they want to go in the direction of the Forerunners. They want to they talk about that mystery that we haven't really delved into. I was freaking stoked as hell because I was like... Me too. Like, if you're going to do anything, that's the thing to that's do. That's the right? thing, right? They've been there in the background. There's so much buildup. Like, this could be so interesting. And then I think Halo 4, depending on who you ask, it did either a good enough job, a decent enough job, which I think that's where I'm at, decent enough job, or it did a bad job. You know, I I, I mean, I guess some people would say, I mean, I, like you ask Alex, I'm sure he'd say it did a remarkable, remarkable job. But it's pretty much all over the board with Halo 4. Um, it's it's all over the yeah, place. Yeah, pretty much all over the board. So then you then you get to five, and then I think that's where we're all pretty fair in saying, 
All right, the the, the forerunner thing. Let's move on. I'm I'm done. I'm just I'm done. <laughs> a lot a lot of stuff they could have done with it, but what they chose did not work. Yeah, so that makes me wonder if you know they're in they're in the phase of righting wrongs here and, and, and trying to correct things and, and steer the franchise in a path of success. You know, you hear like um, I couldn't help but feel like there was so many kind of repeated ideas in uh, in Halo Infinite. You know, you have instead of the didact you have the harbinger and the harbinger right. like the, the the another ancient evil awakens basically another ancient evil awakens and the didact says you know the reclamation will begin the harbinger says reformation has begun yeah the the <laughs> reformation has begun so it's like it's very kind of on the nose there with and then you got the skimmer it's not quite as full blown but you got the skimmers you know instead of prometheans you got skimmers coming in and it kind of seems like they're you know the game starts off with you you know uh, crash land. And of course, a lot of Halos do that. Crash land into it, but it kind of felt to me. It felt like the first mission of this game kind of felt like Halo 4's first mission, like their second try at it. You know, and you got very you got, much so. Yeah. yeah. So it feels like there are a lot of the same ideas here. So I'm just like, I'm wondering if the endless, you know, she, the Harbinger herself says, you know, um, what does she say? She says uh, the Forerunner's lies are at an end or whatever. So is it right. like? Is it like? Is it an acceptance that the Forerunners weren't handled very well? And we're gonna we're gonna brush them aside, and have the endless well, be a new thing, you know. Uh, I think they acknowledge that it didn't work, you know. Yeah. Even if they don't say it out loud, we've seen from their actions they know it didn't work. They've learned and changed a lot of decisions based on that, as yeah. far as where the series was headed. Um, also, I think that they knew a lot of people were going to be playing this game that hadn't played a Halo game since three. Yeah. It's on PC. Yep. Um, the last few have not sold as well as three, obviously. And so if, ha- let's say a third of the player base, if the last thing they remember about Master Chief is him floating in space, they've done a pretty decent job of like true nursing you into the start of this, just kind of like placing you very softly yeah. on a little pillowed bed. <laughs> and then you wake up and it's like four and five almost never even happened. But they also know they've got a lot of fans to please there. And so they did a really good job of, just balancing those it, two things. It's a very delicate balance, was, but here we are saying like, there's no bad dips in quality. Yeah. It doesn't go as high, but there's no huge dips. And that's kind of remarkable. It feels like the focus testing for this game was like the hammer of Dawn from gears of war. Like it was just <laughs> the, all the focus. <laughs> testing. Yeah. All the focus testing in the world to, cause to make this work for as many people on as many levels as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking that maybe the endless are going to be this kind of, I'm not saying they're going to take the place of the foreigners. I'm not saying that at all. The story is obviously not setting up for that. But maybe as a as a theme, as an idea, they're going to kind of come into that spot that the foreigner they failed to tell the story of the foreigner so well. Yeah, you know? I th- I think you may be right there. And whether that means they're the precursors or not, because because you can, there's two different ways to look at it. If you think they're precursors, well, then if you know the story, the story is the foreigners basically turned on their creators and screwed the precursors over and that's why they mm-hmm. ended up becoming the flood and all that all that jazz. So that's one way to, so that's one way to look at it. Like what comes before the forerunners? Well the precursors do. Well if they're not precursors, well then you can still kind of do that by saying, well these guys were around when the forerunners were around too. They're not the precursors, but they definitely the know forerunners were afraid of them, right? Yeah. Forerunners were afraid of them and you know the forerunners were did a lot of bad shit and it's pretty obvious the mantle responsibility is not a good thing at this point. Like I think that's they don't even man- do they even mention the mantle at any point during. No, this I game? think that's for the right. I think it's the right move. <laughs> Me too. No mantle. No, <laughs> there's no mantle. There's no domain. No warden to no. mention. I see. I think that that big um, 
what would you call it? Whenever you're in the final boss fight with the Harbinger and she's got that big like data tube, if you will, yeah. it looks like a waterfall almost of light pouring yep. over. I thought that that kind of looked like a, a visual representation of the domain. I mean, that's always possible, right? I mean, who, who knows? I would think with this she much... called it a data stream, right? The weapon did. Yeah, yeah. I feel like with as much as they've done course corrected, they they just got to be terrified to do anything at this point. Like, right, you know, like yeah, I, I do think they're going to have to do something um, juicy. They're going to have to take some risks going forward, whether it's DLC one or whatever. And I do expect that it's going to have something to do with time control just because I don't know how else you, you how are you more dangerous yeah. than the flood if you can't do something, you know, really out there sci-fi like. Well, yeah, I guess and that's the question is like if they weren't now I can't remember is this covered where were the where's was the uh were the endless susceptible to the flood? We know that the halo rings don't kill them. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, cuz yeah, cuz that's yeah, that just opens up a whole other if they're if they are, if they can be food for the flood, then that makes the rings useless. So I'm going to say they probably... Oh, well, and yeah. my own theory is that they became the biomass for the grave mine. So I'm going to say, yes, 100%. <laughs> they're susceptible. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to... You remember that um, that terminal from Halo Anniversary, CE Anniversary, where Guilty Spark, he's on the ring and he's bored, and an alien ship crash lands yeah. and he waits and nothing ever comes out of it, and after so long, he finally builds a sarcophagus over it? That could have been... Yeah the Zalin in. Yeah. I, I was actually going to bring that up earlier in the podcast. And I forgot. So I'm glad you brought it up. That that's, that would be such a cool way. I mean, fans would go wild over that, right? You know? Yeah. That game came out 10 years ago. Now that terminal was shown 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. That's, that's a long setup. Okay. So I guess now and make sure if there's something you wanted to mention, uh, you mentioned it before, before I go into this or whatever, uh, before I, I get us out of here. But I think for a last thing, a last topic, what, if you were just going to be selfish, what do you, where do you want to see the story move forward, Corey? Just like, what would you like to see them do? Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Just what, what do you want? You know? uh, I want to go to other places on the ring. Yeah. I want there to be bodies of water, not like little bitty creeks and ponds like there yeah. wasn't. I want some like big bodies of water that could house an island with you know similar yeah. to Silent Cartographer. And I want there to be boats. That's my guilty, uh, I mean, selfish in- request. I think that was something that was like an idea that they didn't go through with. Yeah, there were so. there were toys that were boats, I think, and there was also like a mongoose that turned into a jet ski. And I thought yeah. even if you just even if there's one point in the game like Silent Hill 2 where you get in a boat and you row across the lake and that's all you do, that would be enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I I can't remember where I heard it, but I want to say that there was boats in like pre preconceptual stuff that I think they had preconcept stuff for boats all the way back on Halo 2. That never yeah, really worked out. You might be right. Yeah, you might be right. Okay, so you want to see? So that's what you want to see from the ring. You want to obviously very different biomes. I think we all yeah. want to see that, right? Like, I want to see snow. I want to see snowy areas. Um, it looks yeah. like, based on the last cutscene, it looks like they're going to land in a desert area. So I could yeah. see that. Um, yep. Th- they had some swampy areas, but you, you know, yeah. In general, we want more biomes. Um, and I think, as far as the story goes, I don't ever want to hear Cortana's name again. Just, I, just I shush up about it. It's over. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 too too much too much at this point. Like five put us in a position where we kind of had to have what we had in infinite. Yeah, we got it. Had to resolve that, but it's done. It's leave. It. <laughs> yeah, just, just leave it there. Move on. Uh, and I hope that the endless, whatever they turn out to be, I hope it's cool. 
if if there is a gimmick to it, I hope it's fun. I, I just I just want it, the main thing is I want it to be yeah. fun. Yeah. If it's fun, then you know, like Halo One. The reason I'm so into the lore is because Halo One was so fun that I played it over and over. And if you're going to play something over and over, why not get into the fiction around it and look at the stuff yeah. that's there? Yeah, just wondering about the the stuff that's happening. Yeah. So if it's fun to shoot the endless, then I'm probably going to enjoy whatever their story is at the end. Well, of the day. yeah, there's there's so this. I mean, and I, I come back to you in case you you weren't finished. Um, but there's two things that I said in the past I wanted, and it kind of goes on with what you say. One, when I played Halo, so I loved Halo 4 when I played it. I was very happy with Halo 4. But when Halo 4 came out, Destiny came out, what was it, two years two years later, I think. Um, and I remember, do you ever get these thoughts in your head where you're like, I don't want to admit that. I really don't want to admit that, but I, I guess I have to. Well, I played Destiny, and I immediately, it's two years after Halo 4, and I'm fighting the Fallen, and I'm fighting the Taken, I'm fighting the Cabal, and I think to myself, these alien races are so much cooler than the Prometheans. Holy shit! Like, imagine, <laughs> yeah. imagine if we had been introduced to the Prometheans in Halo Four, and they were the freaking Fallen from Destiny. Like, what? Way cooler, way cooler than uh, the Prometheans. So I thought, I remember thinking to myself, like, man, I just wish we could have a new faction that was cool. And then I also remember thinking before I ever played Halo Four, I was trying to picture what fighting a foreigner would look like and what i pictured was it was different but it wasn't too far off from the harbinger if i'm going to be honest with you what i pictured were mm. we're going to be i pictured forerunners as these beings that levitated off the ground and they were thin and they were organic obviously and i but i pictured them with helmets mm. on i pictured them with like a suit a suit yeah you know bio suits or whatever. yeah so but more or less what I I wanted was something similar to the Harbinger. So I think what I really want to add to what you said is I, I want the different biomes, but for the endless and the story going forward, if I could just selfishly have what I want, it's easier said than done, is I would like the endless to be introduced as a new faction, and I would like them to be really fun enemies to fight, like really cool. Like Because to me, and I'm, I'm not going to say it's on the same level, but in a sense, to me, the skimmers kind of fell they fell right in with the rest of the covenant to me, like the rest of the. Absolutely, like it works. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. So give me more of that. So if you can do it that, it worked better for me than when the drones were introduced in Halo Two. I think that's fair because the drones are always kind of a, like a purposeful, like pain in your ass, right? Absolutely. Um, and the skimmers, <laughs> these just, guys could be a pain, but they're, it's just more fun to move your reticle over them and shoot them in the center. You yeah, know? it is. It is. So if, if it if it could give us like. If you, even if it was just, and I'm th I'm thinking very narrowly here because I don't I'm not the creative person behind the seat here. But if they could just give us the skimmers again, and then give us something like the harbinger, but on a a scale where I can fight multiple of them, you know, go into a battle like an elite esque, an elite, yeah, like an elite. Maybe the harbinger was like a a, a higher version of the, of that race. You know, you can make up whatever you want to make up, but just if I can enter a place and there's a skimmer, you know, uh, two skimmers, uh, a harbinger type character, and then maybe one more alien character that goes with the Endless Race that, that I haven't seen yeah. yet that's also cool. Because then you give the – not only do you have that – you mix it up so it's not just the Banished, because I've heard some people say they get tired of fighting the Banished. I never got tired of fighting them. but I, I did not. <laughs> no, yeah. So but not only can you mix it up, but then if you ever want to get far enough away in the future where you don't have to fight Covenant forever, if you've established a species like the Endless that's cool enough – Maybe there is potential for one day to to not have to fight Covenant. And I, I'm going to always love fighting Co To me, Halo was fighting Coveys. But still, I think that was kind of where they were going. I mean, I think by, it was clear by the end of Halo 5, they didn't plan to have Covenant or, or Banish be in Halo 6. It was going to be something yeah. new. 
know. And um, you know, Halo, going all the way back, Halo One, Two. There's always been two enemy factions at least. Yeah. You'd have the Flood and the Covenant. Sometimes you'd have the Sentinels involved in there as well. Yeah. So you got this four-way war. Oh, so Sentinels are so well them. done in Infinite. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're my, they know they're that. my favorite. Really? I Maybe they were awesome. They're, they're up there. It behooves them. They understand that, and I think it behooves them to have another enemy faction. And yeah. what you said was was kind of interesting because you're like, if I could have Harbinger type enemies to fight with Skimmers and one other, that's kind of the Prometheans. They had the little crawlers, that's the Knights, saying, right? and the Watchers, right? So like that yeah. kind of the the working in trios as a, a group of enemies in Halo, it works and it's shown it's proven itself to work in the past. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all if they're doing something just, similar. I'm just infinitely more excited about the Harbinger and the skimmers than the Prometheans. I just, Oh you know, yeah. Oh yeah. The, the thing is with the Prometheans, and I've always, it's kind of a, it's kind of a no point to make because at the end of the day, we're both saying the same thing kind of, but I've always said in the podcast, people say Prometheans aren't fun to fight. And I always say they are fun to fight. Oh, I disagree with you here, sir. Okay. Let's hear it. Yeah, you, you don't like the story behind them, so, or a lot of people don't like the story behind them, which for a lot of people probably equates to them not liking fighting them, because it's just what yeah. you're doing for a lot of the game. If you don't like the story, you're not going to like fighting them. It's To be fair, it's mostly their design and their lack of character, but also the background some. Yeah, yeah and I guess some people probably just don't get the same satisfaction out of shooting organic. Yeah, that's or, or Sorry, non-organic, right? You're shooting a thing made of metal versus something that's made of flesh and blood and bone. For me, I don't like fighting the Prometheans just solely for this one reason that makes it so simple. Mm. It's that they appear out of nowhere. There's no dropship. Yeah. They don't show you them coming out of sky and landing. They just, they're there. It's the most video game introduction to an encounter. And then they just yeah. continue to pop up around you. Like that level where you're on the space elevator in Halo 5, they just continually respawn around you yeah. over and over. And it's not No, because who, who can, I mean... <laughs> The fiction sucks, think, but it's also just not fun. I think most of us all fun. can relate when we say when you're playing a game, and there's a lot more games than just this, but when you're playing a Halo or a Destiny and you see this big badass alien ship coming in from the distance and it swoops, swoops in in front of you and drops out all these organic, living, breathing alien baddies for you to kill, you're just like, oh, holy shit, this is cool. I'm in. I'm in, you know, and they did that again in Infinite with yeah. Banished. And so many times it's happened. And I'm like, I remember me just, I made a tweet about it. It was like me and 14 Marines swarming up on this Banished base. And then they were bringing in more <laughs> dropships. Banished dropships were coming in, dropping guys off. And I had so many Marines, the second they dropped them, they just all die. And I'm on Legendary. And I'm like, this is, this is badass. So yeah. I, I completely, I, your, your <laughs> point, great. I mean, I agree with your point as well. I, I, I do also, for me, it's, I think the worst thing about it is they just feel so, devoid of character you know when i fight a brood or an elite i think you have a life you have an honor code you have you, you could have a wife for all i know or whatever that is on your planet but when i fight a prometheus yeah. it's just like yeah. well how how oh, cool yeah, are the grunts man like oh, the the dialogue peak. of the grunts in this game is peak. a plus 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 it's like ralphie in a christmas yeah. story when he's daydreaming and the yeah. teacher's writing <laughs> a plus all over the walls for him it's it, that's what that is man they nail it right before i got on here I was playing uh, Legendary. I finished the story, and I'm just kind of mopping up yeah. all the FOBs and stuff. And one of the grunts was like, Sucks, you blue lady blew <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> yeah. And they're always spitting out something uh, I've yet to hear. I play with that I would have been your daddy skull on all the time, and it's yeah, just they, incredible. Yeah, they nailed it. I mean, yeah, I think the funniest grunt one for me was the, which I think you've probably seen, is the, 
you know, hey, uh, are you still there? Are, are you there? And then you come are out you and then he's like, oh, no. You're like, it's just so funny, dude. <laughs> it's so funny. No, I, I think, I think uh, you know, obviously opinions are going to differ, but there's a fair argument that they've pretty much made the best versions of all these alien races ever. I mean, I'm not saying that has to be anyone's personal opinion, but. I think the elites, the the AI on the elites, I find personally. They don't seem as well, as good as prior, as like early Halos, like especially Halo 1. They move like they did in Halo 4 and 5. There's there's too many instances where they just stand yeah. there and take yeah. rounds. No, I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I, but other than saying, that. I think there's an argument to be made. I, I wouldn't, I know that for me, there's going to, I would have some different opinions as well, but I think. Best brutes by far. I mean, probably for yeah, I'm yeah. best brutes. Yeah. Grunts is if it best jackal yeah, snipers. The jack- they have the best jackal snipers. You can actually like get yeah. a notification when you're about Which to get is your very helpful. off. It's why did it take so long for someone making a Halo game to come up with know. this concept of just you know, hey, someone's pointing a Halo, laser Halo at your two helmet. legendary get jackals. Down. That was the devil's work. That was the devil's work right there. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, sure was. the jackals can talk. <laughs> You know, the, the Sentinels are super well done. The, the Grunts are arguably the best in the series. I mean, and of course, we got the introduction to Skimmers and stuff. So they, they just, if you add to that the art design and you add to that the, the music and the sound, and they just really, it's one of those things where I've tried to convey this already on a different episode, but it's like maybe you're disappointed with this game somehow. Maybe you didn't like this or that. Maybe it's not your favorite. Maybe it's your least favorite. But I feel like on an objective level, you need to take a step back and go, they did a great job on this game. They, 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 in a lot of ways, they nailed it. And this is a product to be, uh, to be proud of, and to be satisfied with, even if it's not your cup of tea. It's not, it's not in my top three, you know. But I love it, and I, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Subjectively, yeah, I, well I think, the, I think the argument can be made that it's the best Halo ever. You know, it's, it's once again, it's not my favorite, but it has a lot of those elements, like you said, like it's, it's kind of. And also, Joe Staten said it's it's delivering on the promise of Halo One that really never came to fruition. So you can see how, right. with today's technology and what they've done with Infinite, this could be seen as the best. But yeah, Marcus Leto just had a tweet yesterday or the day before. You might have seen where he was like, finally getting around to playing Infinite, and feels like their vision kind of yeah. brought to reality. Which I think he said that to me face to face. Also, oh really at the outpost discovery and you know, they were using at, at that event, they were using lots of Bungie yep. era art, like the multiplayer art from halo two. They didn't have anything of halo four and five. And it just felt like they're going back to this well that's full of gold and they know the gold is there. You don't have to dig another yep. well to try to find gold, you know, as long as you're smart about what you reuse and, and what inspirations you take. And I think that they, it's not perfect, but when they when they dropped all that water into their colander and they strained, they came up with lots and lots yeah. of good stuff, and they used almost yeah, all. Yeah, absolutely. Of it. And, and like you said, uh, Marcus Leto saying what he did—that's not just a corporate pat on the back type thing. Because I don't know if you remember it, you can look at. I know it's out there. Somebody saved them all in an image. But Marcus Leto was vocal about what he thought about Halo Five. He played it when it came out too, and he had lots of criticisms mm-hmm. and not much positive to say. And to see his tweet game here be a completely different story is just very telling. Yeah. You know? It mirrors ours, yep. right? It mirrors kind of what a lot of people yeah. are saying. Absolutely. Uh, so when the co-creator agrees, I mean, it's a success. It's one of the most expensive games ever made, and it came out. It, it's probably number one or two, if I had to guess. 
so many contractors worked oh, on yeah. this thing. And for it to come out and be as well received as it is and to set them up, not to just come out and be good and be there and bam, we got a hit. It sets them up for continued success and it's it's going to enable them to sustain a lot of quality bars mm-hmm. that otherwise they would not be able to. If this game were received like even like Halo Four, which wasn't received bad, just if it came enough. out to that kind of reception, it's not good enough. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I mean that's it seems like they it seems like everybody went to their maximum stress level and Microsoft put out their blank check and all these satellite studios came in and it feels like they just pushed to the grindstone to make sure that the product they release was solid as hell. And I know the people listening are going to say uh, the cosmetic prices and the battle pass stuff. And it's incomplete and, co-op, yeah, co-op and obviously, but what they made sure what they did put out that, that core campaign and multiplayer experience was polished and ready in a way that is so, like you said, so sustainable to add on to. Like we have such a solid base that oh, yeah. the sky's the limit now. Whereas if this was like, they didn't blow the ring up at the end of this one. No, no, exactly. <laughs> no, if this was the type of deal where you're like, oh, you know, the gameplay feels a little sluggish here, and oh, they did this thing in the middle of the story where the Didact shows back up with all of his Prometheans, and it just, you know, it's like okay. Now we need you to start over and make a new game again. No, no, no. We don't need to, we don't need you to do that. You you got it to this you got this base spot where you can just you can extend on from here. And I yeah, I completely agree with what you said. What Corey, before we get out of here, what would you uh I just want to ask you, what what would you give the game out of ten? What what for yourself? Uh from myself, I give it like a nine five. Nine point five. A nine plus. If we're dealing with a hundred point scale, I'd probably give it like a ninety eight. Ninety eight. That's very high praise. We didn't talk enough about the music, which is stellar incredible yeah I mean, it, it's it's easily the best soundtrack since odst mm-hmm. but i've had it just playing in my ears at work every day since the game came yeah. out it's so so good i think it's my i think i said that already actually in the podcast i think it's my favorite since odst as well because reach was yeah. great but I mean, it was that's just different that's yeah. easy it it may wind up being one of my favorite game soundtracks of all time in a year when sable came out and that was like i know you're a big fan a, of that. amazing yeah. soundtrack in my opinion yeah no yeah it's uh 98, man, that's really cool to hear because I know since since we first met you in this community, I knew you as somebody to be similar to me in a lot of ways and maybe even more harsh on, like, 343's choices and directions at, at some points in the series. And, <laughs> and just, like, you know, I, I knew you were going to be a hard person to impress as well, and I feel like they, obviously with you giving a 98, they've definitely brought, brought us back, brought you back. So. Yeah, they did. If I made a list of everything I wanted in a Halo game, they took that list and said, all right, well, we're going to wrap up Halo 4 and 5 story and append that to the end of the list. Then they, they almost did it. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. Yeah, I, I'm sit, I would I'm sit myself at about a 9. I know me and Josh came together for one score for our, our Sacred Icon like YouTube review at an 8.5 because yeah. Josh is sitting down at an 8. I was at a 9, so we met on an 8.5. But, yeah, for me it's a 9. I think the only reason I'm at a 9 is, you know uh, – I think IGN was the first place I saw. I read this that I, I kind of I kind of agree with is it doesn't really stick the landing. Not a bad landing, right? But it doesn't stick the landing. You know, it's it's uh if they they could have just done, done just a teeny bit more would have yeah really... the dish the the plate is washed so to speak. We finally have a clean plate for Halo going forward, but they yeah. didn't put the dish in the cupboard. Yeah, yeah, I like this. The dishes and the the pizza. I like these analogies. <laughs> no, yeah, there was just. I wish they could just give me just a little bit more. Like if I could have seen, I don't even know what it would have been, but like maybe just have them encounter the endless being 
like seeing the endless be released or just yeah. a little something to make me go, Oh, I can't wait to play. But right now, mostly what's in my head is okay, chief, the weapon, the pilot, they're happy. They're safe. They're on Zeta halo and there's new adventures to come tune in next Saturday morning. And I'm just waiting, pretty much. You know? So, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, it's about as good as you could hope. I mean, this could have, the, the time and effort was put into this game um, to make it, it what shows. it is. And it, it really does show. So I, I think it's very obvious from how we've talked. We're both very appreciative and very happy with this game. And um, I think we're just like in, every, in the same boat as everyone else. It's just like, okay, we have theories, but we got to wait to see what's Yeah, got to wait. And what's com- what's coming I up. didn't have theories five, six years. After Halo 5, I did not give a shit about talking about any no, theories. it wasn't even like dumb theories. <laughs> it's like, maybe there's theories, but I don't care to talk about them because I'm no, just not interested. Don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing is like I, I do I do hear people saying like, oh man, Infinite Infinite tells us what happened after five. That sure seems interesting. I would like to play that game. And I'm like, you know, I get what they you're saying, us. but they saved us that favor of having to suffer. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm like, you know, I get what you're saying, but the only reason that you're saying that, well, I can't speak for everyone, but my my assumption is the only reason you're saying that is because the way that Infinite is awesome on its own and it delicately gives you little nuggets of what happened as you play Infinite. Yeah. That's why Halo, the supposed Halo Six, seems so interesting. It's not because it was actually great; it's because Infinite's great, and it's it's giving yeah. little like flashbacks. You know, sometimes the blanks are better. Let let the the gamer fill in the blanks for themselves. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, Corey, thank you so much for uh, coming on here and uh, helping me do this episode, and finally, absolutely glad to glad to be here. Yeah, finally. Sorry, Josh couldn't make it, but I'll I'll step in whenever you need me. Yeah, dude, this is this was awesome. Uh, I'm glad to finally kind of get some of this out. I actually think we'll have to see, but if you're maybe down for, I might have a slot open next week if you want to talk again next week on the podcast. I'm here. I'll That'd be here. Be cool because I know uh, first time you're on, a lot of people are like, you know that Corey Hanks dude? That dude's got some good shit to say. So <laughs> that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for being here, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, follow us on Twitter or come in there or come into our Discord and just tell us what your theories are. Tell us what your thoughts are. Did you enjoy the game? Would you say it was? you know, more in Corey and I's level up in that nine ten level, or did it kind of disappoint you? Uh, just let us know. We, we really appreciate you guys. Tune into this episode. And as always, keep it sacred.